This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 121 The Bunny Man In sleepy little Fairfax County, nestled amidst the sprawling woodlands of Virginia, a truly terrifying legend lingers in the minds of locals. They speak in hushed tones of the bunny man, once a very real and very dangerous figure that has over the years slowly become a phantom haunting the outskirts of town, specifically a bridge out on Colchester Road that has come to share his moniker. The tale has been passed down through generations, taking many forms but indelibly woven into the fabric of the town's history, like a single loose thread in an otherwise pristine tapestry. For the residents of Clifton, Virginia, the seat of Fairfax County, the legend of the Bunny Man was more than a mere ghost story. It was a cautionary tale, a tried-and-true method for keeping their children safe from the darkness that lurked just beyond the safety of their homes. Of course, this didn't stop children from daring each other to venture into that darkness, into the foreboding woods at the edge of town, their wide-eyed imaginations fueled by the macabre details that built the foundation of the bunny man's infamy. Parents, their voices tinged with unmistakable fear, warned their offspring to steer clear of the old bridge that bore the weight of the legend. Among the town's teenagers, however, the legend of the bunny man has never been the deterrent that parents hoped it would be. Cast through the lens of reckless youth, the warning became a challenge, an opportunity to prove their mettle in the face of the unknown. It was on a crisp autumn evening when the leaves rustled with that ominous whisper that only spooky season can create, that a group of poor misguided and of course doomed friends set an unenviable task for themselves. They had heard the story since childhood, and they were finished pondering over the unanswered questions that plagued them every year when the leaves began to change. They would put the legend to the test. This is where we find our ill-fated heroes, strolling with a confidence only manageable by untried egos. Alex led the charge, his laughter carrying through the cool night air as he regaled his friends with tales of the bunny man's vengeful spirit. Emma listened with a mix of trepidation and fascination, her eyes glinting with a hidden excitement that belied her reserved demeanor. And Chris scoffed at the notion of a ghostly presence, his pragmatic nature clashing with the growing sense of unease that permeated their impromptu adventure. As they ventured deeper into the woods... The familiar landmarks of their hometown, the familiarity that fostered their only sense of safety, faded into the distance, replaced by the oppressive darkness of the forest canopy that seemed to swallow their courage faster than they could make new. The air grew still, punctuated only by the distant hoot of an owl and the rustle of unseen creatures moving through the underbrush. Alex, undeterred by the ominous atmosphere, quickened his pace. But Emma's unease was mounting with each step. She would never have admitted it, of course, but if her two companions weren't busy being slowly consumed by their own mounting terror, they would have picked up on the nervous glances she couldn't stop casting at the surrounding shadows. 
her mind conjuring the spectral figure of the bunny man with every fleeting bump in the night. Chris followed closely behind, periodically wiping the sweat from his palms down the seams of his jeans. As they broke the tree line and mounted the gravel-surrounded railroad tracks, their destination loomed ahead. A once-frequented bridge, back when Clifton was a train town. These days, only the occasional Amtrak passed through, coming from or headed to D.C. The moon, obscured by a shroud of wispy clouds, cast an ethereal glow on the surprisingly well-kept mass of iron and concrete, painting the structure in a haunting light that sent shivers down their spines. Alex, his bravado masking the trepidation that simmered beneath the surface, kept the lead his steps only faltering as he slid down the gravel toward the iron ledge that spanned the dark abyss below. Emma's breath caught in her throat as she followed close behind, her fingers clutching the railing with a white-knuckle grip. Chris looked visibly shaken. He hesitated at the threshold, his gaze fixated on the murky depths below. And as they crossed it, and as they made their way down the hill and into the heart of the legend. A distant rustle shattered the silence, heralding the presence of an unseen entity that prowled, its intent shrouded by the fear coursing through the group of would-be adventurers. As they ventured deeper into the heart, the oppressive weight of the night seemed to intensify, the air thick with an unearthly chill that seeped into their bones. Alex tried, but did a bad job masking the tremor that threatened to betray his facade of fearlessness. It's just an animal. Probably definitely just an animal. Emma's senses had heightened to a fever pitch. In that moment, she knew that this was no animal. At least not the kind you might throw peanuts to in the park, no. In that moment, she was absolutely certain that it was the sound of the unseen eyes that had watched their every move. And Chris may have fancied himself a skeptic, but in that moment, he would have agreed with her. The feeling of an unseen presence was as undeniable in that moment as the purest empirical evidence. He felt a knot of dread coil in the pit of his stomach, a message from his body that was new to him, but that he instantly recognized as run. A sudden draft stirred the stagnant air, carrying with it a fetid stench that clawed at their senses, its sour tang mingling with the acrid taste of dread that now clung to their tongues. Alex shot a look back over his shoulder, his eyes wide with a growing sense of alarm. His companions could only stare back at him. All the bluster of the early evening had left them completely, and the only thought left in any of their minds was... What exactly have we gotten ourselves into? Just as Chris began to say it out loud, he was interrupted by a faint whisper, soft as a breath, but impossibly clear. Drifting from the depths of the bridge, an eerie melody filled the air, a sound that seemed to hang in the air around them. Alex stumbled back, his gaze fixed as an ethereal form materialized before them its eyes gleaming with a sinister light that cast a ghastly pallor on its grotesque features. Emma's voice caught in a strangled cry as she recoiled from the spectral figure that bore the semblance of a man adorned with the tattered remnants of a bunny suit, its form a grotesque mockery of childhood innocence. At the back of the pack, a million thoughts raced through Chris's mind. This was just a stupid kid's story, right? Ghosts aren't real. Buses weren't even on the road back in 1904. But his reluctance to believe was shattered by the undeniable presence that now stood before them. And all he could manage was, What the fuck is that? The Bunny Man, his visage a haunting juxtaposition of mundane and macabre, let out a guttural growl that reverberated through the night. With each deliberate step, It seemed to draw upon the essence of their terror, its form coiling and contorting with an obscene grace 
that defied the constraints of reality. Alex, his initial boldness now a distant memory, found his voice stolen by the suffocating presence that threatened ahead. Emma clutched at her chest as a primal instinct urged her to flee from the unearthly entity that now loomed over them. She turned on her heels and crashed directly into Chris, who stood frozen behind her. She lost her footing and came crashing down at his feet. The bunny man loomed over the trembling teenagers, its glowing eyes fixated on them with an unyielding darkness. Please, don't. Alex choked out, his voice a breathless plea. He attempted to summon the courage that had deserted him in the face of the impossible, his fingers trembling as they reached out in a feeble attempt to ward off the encroaching darkness. Emma's heart raced in her chest as she felt a surge of defiance well up within her, a primal instinct that urged her to defy the unearthly specter that sought to claim them as its own. Chris took a step toward the monster and over Emma, now hunkered at his feet attempting to shield her from danger. His mind reeling with a desperate resolve, he lifted his eyes to meet the bunny man's gaze, a silent challenge that cut through the suffocating tension that had ensnared them all. The entity, its form pulsating with some unknown energy, let out a deafening shriek that shattered the fragile stillness of the night, its fury reverberating through the iron and concrete that surrounded them. Alex finally gathered the will to turn and instruct his companions to flee. But before he could get a word out, the bunny man reared back and brought down his hatchet with unbelievable force, nearly splitting the self-proclaimed leader of the group's head in two, vertically. The remaining pair let out a scream that filled the tunnel so quickly that Emma found herself covering her own ears. This was the shock that they needed to unglue their feet from the ground below them. Chris grabbed her by the shoulder and they were off, heading toward the moonlight-drenched forest at the end of the tunnel. It initially felt like they would escape. Hope welled up in their hearts as the opening got closer and closer, their fingers entwined. But with a final primal howl that echoed through the night, the bunny man surged forward its form merging with the darkness as it lunged at the terrified teenagers, its impossibly long arms outstretched. The noise that filled the tunnel now was so deafening that Chris had to let go of Emma's hand. When he reached back for her, she was gone. He spun around in an attempt to locate her, and was met with an image that would live in the forefront of his mind for the rest of his very short life. The beast held her by the throat. She was pinned to the concrete wall as it leveled hatchet blow after hatchet blow into her midsection. The last Chris saw of her was her lower half detaching from the upper. Her lifeless legs tumbled to the earth below her, uneventfully. He couldn't tell if the pounding was his feet on the ground or his heart in his chest as he got closer and closer to the open space ahead. But it was right there. He was so close. And just as his hope began to build, he heard a new pounding. This one was undoubtedly the stomping of something much larger than himself. He reached a hand forward, hoping that the moonlight itself would allow him to escape this horrific hellscape. And just as his fingertips made contact, a darkness consumed him. The hapless trio's cries were, one by one, swallowed by the unyielding abyss that enveloped Fairfax County's cursed bridge. The legend of the bunny man would outlive them all. The next morning, an unsuspecting jogger would find the skinned and flayed corpses of Alex, Emma, and Chris, hanging like a winter harvest from the iron support beams. This event would forever be etched into the history of Clifton, of Virginia, and of us all. For decades, there would be whispers of lost teenagers. Welcome, campers, to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling.
We are your hosts. I am Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now the debrief. Welcome back. This is uh shit, this is our last last episode of the normal show yeah. for the month. Yeah. Our absolutely. last urban legend. It's true. Part four of the Urban Legend series. It feels bad, like uh what? I'm just I I can't help but to tear up. <laughs> yeah. You, know? you getting a little getting a little misty over there. <sighs> I'm gonna miss October. Yeah. And then it means I'm gonna I'm- be another year older. <laughs> That's true. You're gonna be what forty <laughs> three? I think last time we talked about, it, I was like forty seven or I something. Think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm getting closer day by day. That is true. That's true. Yep. Oh man, it is. It is weird though. Like this time of year is always such like a clusterfuck for us logistically trying to get everything. It is, but it goes by finished. so fast. So fast. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like. I mean, it's 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 kicking my ass on editing, but at the same time, I'm looking at it and I'm like, damn, like we're already at it's the almost end. Almost over. Yeah, yeah. And it feels like it just started. So it it really does. Honestly, this year we did a lot more ahead of time than we did the past two years, and I think that made it go a little faster too. That definitely helped. I mean, we were well prepped for you know for the season. It wasn't like. I think last year it kind of came down to the wire, and we're like, "All right, we're just gonna do this," and then yeah, and then we just grinded our asses oh, off for four yeah, weeks. That I mean, that was really rough. So, like, it hasn't been that bad. Editing, yeah. uh, editing has been has been killer. But I mean, aside from that, stories, everything, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I have kind of felt bad a little inside baseball here because usually, like. You you edit the main episode and I do the bulk of the editing on the fireside chats. So right. that I like feels a little more balanced. But this month we've done all all um, Friday Night Frights, and that again is your editing. Yeah. So like you've basically had two a weeks all month long, which is brutal. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean it's 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 tough to do. It's a lot of a lot of extra time. But uh, man, hopefully everybody's digging it. And enjoying it because yeah. that'll make it worth it. Absolutely, numbers are but, showing so, but uh, you can yeah. only go so far with numbers, right? That's true. We need feedback, but, um, people. Feedback. Let's start a conversation. <laughs> yeah, go and uh, leave a review, a rate and review. Yes, yeah, you can. You can do that. All that stuff. Yeah, do it on Apple. Do it on Spotify. Yep. Do it everywhere. Tell your tell your mom about it. <laughs> Definitely tell your mom about it. <laughs> <laughs> She's the real target audience. Exactly. Yeah. And my mom listens. I'm no I know your mom listens. Yep. Indeed. They need to tell the, all their friends about it. I mean, I know my mom does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. So That's good. Yeah. But yeah, anyhow, spooky season is coming. It's close to an end. Yeah. Spooky season is over. It's we next week we have our Halloween hellscape listener story extravaganza. 2023, and, mind uh, you. That's right. And then in case you didn't know what year it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, hey, if someone's wait. listening to this 20 years from now, they're going to be like, what was the year? That's true. No, they're going to Timeless. Know. That's the key. Yep, exactly. Timeless. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, after that, it's over. Spooky season's over. Oh man, it just feels bad. I don't like to say that. Yeah. Like, this is my absolute favorite time of the year. Like, I love October for everything. I love September. But once November hits, I'm just like, oh, man. Like, come on, May. Yeah. And <laughs> really? Yes. Fuck that. No way. I mean, like... I take winter over the hot months any day. I, lo- I love Christmas as a holiday. And I love that time of year. And I do, I do, okay, I I have to admit, I love the first snow. Because it's, like, not enough that it's ever going to, like, do any accumulate or anything. It's just beautiful. That's all I want. Maybe get up to that point and then skip to, you know, spring. Whatever minimum bits of spring we still get these days. Look, I'm not a big snow person. Don't, like, don't get me wrong. I don't, I'm not huge on snow, even now that I, I just don't like drive. walking around freezing I, balls. Yes. I, <laughs> I live for the times where it's like below freezing, but there's no snow. No. That's my favorite setting. Cause then, I mean, you know, you have to worry about like pipes and shit. Like, and I, I hate that. I hate having to, you know, and I, I 
like I personally have a well and everything and so I have to keep like that area nice and yeah. warm and I don't have to do that sure. throughout the rest of the year That's but in the true. winter I have, so, I have so much more to worry about and like I don't know it just sucks being a homeowner like that's just the shitty time of year for that and I that's another thing I have to think about and then I have to think about all my family my friends and family out there driving and shit that if anything bad happened it could be severe yeah more than a normal day sure and I don't like that I'm already a very anxious paranoid person and these months make me that much more and that's why I despise them it's not good for my mental health at all I get that. I get that for sure. Because I'm super paranoid too. Like, I'm one of those people who, like, I have my wife's location on my phone, not because weird jealousy shit, just I mean, so I can, like, pull it pull it up and make sure she's not dead. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, you know uh, what I mean? I share my, like, my family. We have a chat between all of us and all of us share each other's location. Yep. Um, you know, just for cases I do like a, that. Yeah. Um, well, it's, the thing is, like, I'm also, my wife and I decided early on that, like, we weren't going to be the standard, like, millennial couple that is constantly up each other's asses 24-7. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean, that's a good way to be. And You gotta have, yeah. you so, have like, to have space. Yeah. So the location sharing is a nice way for me to comfort my anxieties without hassling her while she's out yeah. doing stuff. You know what I mean? Like, because I don't. It always drives me crazy when, like, people are like, I can't believe they're not answering the phone. It's like, just leave them alone. But see, <laughs> like, I'm also that person that I want to live either, I mean, I obviously I want to move to the UK. That's my goal, you know. Um, I just love that rainy, always gloomy, because that's where I thrive. But at the same time, sure. I love, like, a quaint mountain town where it's going to snow a lot. Yeah. But at least in a small setting like that, I don't have to worry about it too much. But if I also didn't have like my family that I was concerned with, it wouldn't be a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's another just, I don't know for me. Like that's the shit I'm thinking about every single day that we have any type of precipitation, snow, ice, anything throughout the winter. I'm just like, what's going to happen? Yeah. I get that for sure. And that's, that's why I don't like it. Otherwise, I mean, you know, I do, I do enjoy the cold, but sometimes too cold is too cold. There is a threshold. Oh, there's definitely a threshold. The last couple winters, or a couple winters of the last 10, I'd say, we've had some crazy moments where it's like 50 yeah, below zero. Exactly. And last year, for right example. Yeah. I think the year before that was another one. Yeah. And, and then, then we, we had, had like one a back tame in one, like, like the year before that or yeah. something. In yeah. 2015, and there's 2015 or 2016, we had like three weeks of it in a row. The, what was it, like 2006, but, yeah. 2007, we had just the massive ice storms. Oh, yeah. Everything that was, was shut fun down. There was no power. There was nothing for like a week straight. Yeah, we were still super young during, we were like early, early 20s. I mean, yeah. During that, and that was awesome. That was fun as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> because everything shut down right we were like yeah super fun you know outside of like jobs and shit like that didn't really have a lot of responsibilities still yeah exactly um too young to worry about people dying (laughs) (laughs) that's terrible also though it was sort of like pandemic-esque because it, was. it really was like no sure. one was going anywhere you didn't re- you didn't really have to worry about your family or anything because everyone was stuck at home pretty much See, you I'm, know what i mean i might i might be one one person and I'm, I'm sure you're probably there with me when the pandemic hit i actually liked it like i liked I how quiet it. everything was there was no like i mean we yeah. would order food and go pick it up and like that's that's it you know outside of that yeah. didn't really have to leave for anything ordered everything groceries everything you know everything you needed yeah easy it was awesome (laughs) yeah i mean for me i see the pandemic as this moment where like we as a society got a glimpse into what it could actually be like what the world could actually be where no one is worried about paying their rent no one's worried about bullshit. Everyone's at home, like reading the books they never got around to and fucking oh, learning how to bake bread. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all the books. But yes, yeah, so but like, I agree. It was a lovely time. Uh, for sure. Like, now, of course, I'm not discounting. Lots of people lost family members. Oh, lots yeah. of people uh, suffered not, during that. I'm not but talking like, about any of that. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a tragedy of course. for sure. Yeah. Like, it, for. You know, for all of that, it was an awful, awful thing. 
Yeah. But like, the news was impossible to watch. Yeah. Oh, was, without a doubt. Yeah. Fuck it. It was and terrible. And I'm constantly like worrying about if I do go out, like I'm going to catch this thing that's going to kill me. Yeah. I, I was yeah. one of those. I was constantly worried about it. Sure. Like when vaccine was was ready, I was like, I'll give it to me. I don't give a shit. Yep, like if, if other people, yep. you know, if we're like testing it, whatever. Yeah. All vaccines, all uh, you know, the uh, secondary whatever boosters. Yep. I was fine with it. Yep. And I still got COVID twice. You know, like, it yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, I've been I fortunate enough to have it very so, lightly. I mean, I say same. lightly, but I felt like death both times you got it was post cruise post cruise exactly <laughs> and i still i still have another one planned for next year already <laughs> there's a there's a common thread here bud <laughs> that's neither here nor there though <laughs> yeah fair enough it's kind of but yeah, yeah the the one time i got it it was super mild too it was i felt a little under the weather for three or four days and then i was good to go yeah like yeah super mild so thankful for that good yeah but yeah me my wife my kids we all got it that time that's the only time any of us have had it so well it's i mean that's that's good for sure yeah and it was a really late it was just a few months ago it was really we went a long time without getting it because we don't talk to anybody <laughs> like my wife works in a vet clinic and her co-workers and clients that's like her only contact pretty much but your kids go to school which also helps you to like get some of that just the germs and shit that every Uh you know everybody's coming in contact like unfortunately i don't get a lot of that you know yeah you don't get a lot of the like small immunity building opportunities yeah so i mean i still go out you know i still go out and do shit i mean i you know i'm like I have to build up. You're my fairly social somehow. guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm fairly social. You do like pub quiz nights. I mean, and yeah, stuff we do like trivia that, right? and yeah, yeah, go out to eat a lot and yeah. go out and hang out with friends and all the downtown events. Yeah. I go to all of them and yeah, yeah, that'll do it. That helps. For that sure, helps. I agree for yeah. sure. So this episode, this was a uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get right into it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> continuing our legends our urban legends for the month our final one bunny man and when you told me that you were doing bunny man i just thought it was super funny yeah i don't know why this story always just makes me laugh the name does not carry a ton of gravity right it is for sure the um i mean the original legend is basically and there are tons of versions of course right um basically there's a a bus transferring supposedly it happened in 1904 right you're gonna see holes in this immediately i mean of course okay so 1904 there's a bus and an insane asylum as they were called in the days we shut down and there's a bus transferring patients from the asylum to the a local prison where they're going to be held until they have a you know figure out what to do with them um and there's a bus crash right the bus crashes all of the prisoners prisoners patients whatever you'd like to call them in those days they were basically prisoners um but all of them are accounted for except one guy right one fella they can't find him and then locals start finding these like rabbit carcasses like they've been like field dressed right so there's this guy's out in the woods living off rabbits mostly right and um and then this legend builds up basically of this like wild man in the woods outside town and then that turns into he if you go out there at night he will kill you and string you up like the rabbits right of course right as any small town that's afraid of you know some outsider or weird person And that, over the years, morphed into, like, he wears bunny ears, or he has, like, a full bunny suit on that's all tattered and fucked up. Um, Once, you know, once it had been a while. Because this, honestly, this has a lot of crossover with the first urban legend we covered, the hook hand, right? It's sort of the escaped, escaped madman motif, right? Um, But this one very quickly became, like, a a paranormal legend because it was the ghost of the bunny man that was killing people right that for the 
for the majority of the time the legend has existed, it's been the ghost of the bunny man right. that kills people. Yeah. Also, it's the basis of the the bunny and Donnie Darko. That was the inspiration for for that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The director is from Northern Virginia. He like grew up with the legend, and right. he talked about how it inspired the bunny. Also, think there's an American Horror Story. There's a dude with like bunny ears or something. Is that is it American Horror Story? I think I, I think I know what you're talking about, and I'm trying to trying to piece that together. I don't know, maybe I'm conflating it with the like uh, sideshow season. The is there a guy with bunny ears or a bunny suit, or is that a clown in the sideshow season? It was the clown. While you're looking in the in the okay. like in the old school bus. Yeah, yeah, that was a clown. Okay, I feel like I feel like I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of. Uh, for some reason, I keep thinking of a Christmas story yeah. when <laughs> when he gets the the bunny pajamas. Yeah, that's um, much cuter than this. I mean, I could see that being a pretty solid costume to go out chopping people. Yeah, a bunny suit. Yeah, why not? If you want to like why add not? some flair, ooh, or Harvey. Harvey's probably yeah. my favorite like story about a rabbit bunny thing. Yeah, I went like when I was younger. I mean, well, our our high school did a production of Harvey, and I had already I had already loved the movie back then. Yep, seeing it really young from my grandma, and like I was I I loved loved that movie so much. Didn't and they do Harvey our freshman year? Our freshman we year, yeah. We're really involved, yeah, right? We, we actually yeah. got in. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Because they also did Pippin that year. Yeah. And then and that uh, was... Godspell that same year as well. Yep. 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 Pippin stuck him ahead. Godspell was the first play I worked on. Yep. At the end of the end of our freshman year, because our our good friend Buddy was uh was one of the apostles, mm. and I did him and like three or four other people's hair for the play. <laughs> Their character's nice. hair. Nice. Yeah, that was the first thing I did. I miss doing plays and stuff. Dude, we should do one. I should just go to go and apply it like the civic theater. I mean, they're the local civic theater. They're actually taking uh, auditions, taking auditions for a new uh, upcoming. I was actually just there for uh, on Friday. Um, they did a Adams family, Adams family, the musical, and it was super awesome. solid, like really, really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're taking auditions for a couple a uh, couple plays right now. I always think about it, and I would absolutely love to if I could work out my work schedule to work with it. Yeah, but yeah. on the nights that they do the productions and stuff, like yeah, yeah you have to just be available. I wouldn't be able to on like Saturdays. Sure. So that that part kind of sucks. Yeah, if we ever get a chance to, I'd go audition with you. I'm mean, even like I mean, I would love to. I would love to act, obviously, but I would even do yeah. I mean, music stuff. Obviously, I can do mixing and all of that, like production stuff. Yeah. But I would love to act and stuff again. I just haven't done it in so long. Yeah. And I used to love I was it. Never, I was never big on the acting. I was always pretty much always behind the scenes working on, with like the stage crew yeah. and directing and all that. It's probably one of my favorite parts about high school was yeah. theater. Made a lot of good friends. Yeah. Sure. Met a lot of like people who went on to be music contacts and as we were playing in bands and stuff and yeah i graduated as i feel a like we kind of yeah me too that was pretty i cool. feel like we kind of uh found our groove when we started getting into theater i mean yeah it, it just opened up like a whole different world right yeah yep so yeah absolutely those are good old days <laughs> i was talking with uh our friend carly latham today about how these episodes this month have been a lot looser yeah in the debrief like it's more of like a chill right. because these these urban legends there isn't a ton of like research to be done there's really not it's a legend like, there's its origin possible origins because most of them we really don't know it's all kind of like speculation yeah. like even like the hook hand was in the 60s they had you know there were people talking about like this like crazed killer that's kind of spread that wasn't really I, nobody yeah. knows if it was true or not yeah, and the closest then, thing was the Texarkana murders. Right, exactly, in the and 40s. That, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so I mean, a lot of these, there's, there's I mean, its origins are really, really vague, and I mean, we're sure. telling the stories, you know, like telling them as a story because they're great for what they are. Yeah, 
They're fun. There's a reason they're they're told generation after generation because they scare kids. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the business we're in, scaring folks. I mean, um, <laughs> that's that's why this I'm month, here. That's the business we're in, scaring folks. I mean, I like um, I like even all of our episodes to have a bit of a scare. You know, some some bit yeah. of a scare factor if we can. For sure. Some of them, it's just kind of impossible, you know, but... I mean, there's a reason we haven't figured out how to cover the jackalope yet. <laughs> I, you know what that's I mean? fair. Like, that's fair. Or a lot of just random obscure cryptids, because they're... Yeah. I mean, I was surprised to come up with a Puckwudgie story that actually worked. Yeah. It worked very well, too. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. It's just, you know, I mean, there's just so many that are just out there, or just strange, or... Yeah. There's not a lot to it, but they're there. Yeah. I've been thinking about doing a collection, covering a collection of cryptids in one episode. I've thought like, about that same thing, trying to just do like, like a, a trio short, of them or something. Yeah, it's like a yeah. short story for each and just do a couple yeah. at a time. Yeah. Because it'd be easier to do it that way. A and lot st- of the cryptid <laughs> encounters are one-offs. You know what right. I mean? Like yeah. there isn't exactly. a ton to discuss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of the way we did back in the day, we did uh, haunt my the first haunted highways. It was like three separate stories of of highway incidents. Yeah. I mean, I you know? I think honestly we could do like a yeah like a dive into cryptids and do them that way and do uh yeah you know I don't know something something we call it something yeah something <laughs> no but like it would be it would be cool to do like you know if we found like three of three of those from one state yeah right yeah to do like and do them all together mm-hmm. i know our home state of indiana has some a bunch that are just that we could do one-offs. short one-offs right exactly yeah. and because i mean none of them really are that in depth to be able to do like a whole story on. yeah there isn't a lot of meat to the story no. but then we could talk no. a lot about them in the debrief too yep absolutely. like experiences like following these things are you know yeah going to these places for sure so you want to hear about the origins of bunny man i would absolutely love to okay so i stumbled upon this archivist he's the archivist for fairfax county okay right where where this story really it's like the hometown of this story it's told all over northern virginia and even into dc into washington dc okay all right all right fairfax county is kind of agreed it's agreed that it's like the epicenter of the legend so this this fella Brian Conley, he's the archivist there, and um, in the '90s he worked for the county's library system as a historian. And he said that people kept coming in and asking him if Bunny Man was real, like it happened over and over again. And eventually he just got tired of having to say I don't know. And he just started and saying he yes. Like, <laughs> he, no, he <laughs> that'd be of the course, best. Obviously, no, he he. He was he became resolved to dig into it to like really try to figure it out. Um, and he has a theory. Okay. He discovered that in 1970, a couple was parked in a driveway not far from the train overpass when they had a terrifying encounter. Um, someone appeared very quickly, yelled something having to do with trespassing, and threw a hatchet at their car. Hmm. Um. They didn't get a very good look at the person. All they really got was, quote, dressed in white or light-colored clothing and may or may not have had something on his head. (laughs) (laughs) That's the quote from the paper. So that's where people started Uh, just developing bunny ears? Yeah. So when the story made the papers, that something on his head became bunny ears. Um, Sounds about right. And from there, he says, the story started to morph. Like, within a few years... Kids were swapping stories about a man in a bunny suit chasing kids through the woods with a hatchet. Um, yeah. The, like, one version involves a guy eating bunnies. Like, like I told you, the original, yeah, the yeah, original yeah. story is he's actually hunting them. Um, but, like, like what happens with all these urban legends that we've covered, it's a game of telephone, right? The story goes well, from person course. to I person. Mean, yeah. And it gets increasingly imaginative over the years. But yeah, he seems to think that that's where it started. Was that some weird guy throwing a hatchet at someone's car? Okay. Yeah. I'm. I mean that. I'm sure. I'm sure that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and he even says like he says that like some people got pissed at him when he posted when he posted online about the origins. 
And he said, quote, There are some people out there that are convinced that the story as it is told is true and that myself and Fairfax County are trying to cover something up. Because, I mean, there's always going to be somebody or a group of people that are going to think anything is a conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'll find conspiracy in anything. It just gets anything. so silly. Like, come on, man. Yep. It's pretty wild. I also found a, um, I found an actual, like, scholarly article about the Bunny Man legend. Really? Okay. Yeah. So, in 1973, see, what's interesting is he says, the archivist says that this started in 1970, right? With this article in 1970. Right. But in 73, there was a University of Maryland student named Patricia Johnson who wrote a paper called The Bunny Man, right? Um, this paper was compiled as part of the coursework for an intro to folklore class, where she interviewed 33 students from Prince George's County, Maryland, aged 15 to 18. So this is, you know, as far away as Maryland. It's not super far, but it's it's not Fairfax County. These are high school kids yeah. that she interviewed. And... Okay, I'll just read this to you. Ms. Johnson relates that the tale met all the qualifications of an urban belief tale. Specifically, it takes place in an urban setting, existed prior to her project, and had appeared in print as truth. She goes on to state, quote, Included in this collection is an article from the Washington Post which verifies the story as truth. This was an important claim as I had found no primary sources to date. I was extremely frustrated to find that the page containing the referenced article was missing from the original paper. With any hope of a quick resolution gone, I turned to examining the paper itself. Johnson's informants, the kids, the high school kids, told 54 variations of the story. Dang. Yeah. So 14 different geographic locations are mentioned. 18 of the stories involved the bunny man chasing or frightening people, usually children, with a hatchet or axe. 14... Um, tell of attacks on cars. Nine claim he attacked a couple parked in a car. So we're getting more in the hook hand area. Right. Um, five accuse him of vandalism on homes or buildings. And only three of the 54 variations mention murder. Oh. So, and this is just three years after the archivist says this all started. Right. I mean, that's... which makes me suspect. That that's the actual origin. If it, if this many Agreed. versions are already Agreed. being that's, told that's by high schoolers, say. that's that's a lot to be in such a short period of time. Like unless this story grew like wildfire so rapidly that people started telling different stories. And right. so, I mean, yeah, there's you know you hear something and then hear it incorrectly. I mean, just like you were talking about, you know, um, it's always it, it just seems get, really fast, right? From the newspapers to high schoolers a state over in three years. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's a, especially for the early 70s. Like, it's not like, yeah. If that happened in 2023, then yeah, I could see it spreading super fast, right? And becoming something crazy in right. a year yeah, or I mean, even in a month, mm-hmm. things blow up. But like, back then, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I'm buying that. I think it's probably older than, than the article about the couple. Yeah. Maybe it pre maybe the Maryland version predates the Virginia version, you know? I mean, I'd say that's that's possible, right? Obviously, we yeah. don't we don't know for sure, so why not? That's why we decided to call the episode the Bunny Man, not the Virginia Bunny Man. <laughs> or the Virginian Bunny Man. Yes, the Virginian Bunny Man. <laughs> so, to all of our Virginia listeners, you may not actually lay claim to the Bunny Man. It might have actually originated elsewhere. If I were you, I'd get out there and I'd start claiming it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> get your Bunny Man t-shirts. Yep. Get your t-shirts, huh? We should have a Bunny Man t-shirt and have Maryland versus Virginia on the back. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be two Bunny two bunny Men fighting. And That's each true. one is on top of like a state, you know, coming out of the state. Yeah. yeah. That'd be adorable. <laughs> I like that. Adorable. That's a great idea. Yeah. Weird old men dressed in tattered bunny suits, like swinging hatchets at each other. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, I like it. I thought that was that was super interesting, though. I think that, to me, that discounts that being the actual I mean, origin. I agree, but... And this was an actual study that was submitted, like... Okay. Then, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I would have to say so. Yeah. I mean, we, we can't say anything f- certain, right? But, like, it just seems unreasonable that it right. would take off that fast and have that many variations already. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I didn't... I know, obviously, I mean... I know the story, and I've I've seen and heard the story, but I didn't know it was that, like, there were that many variations of it. Yeah, it's a lot. It's more than I thought at first, too. It's impressive. Like, I thought this was a fairly small legend. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Clearly it's, not, though. Yeah, it's apparently pretty, it's pretty major in the Northeast, in New England area. Nice. So, as far as pop culture goes, we have the there's a 2011 slasher film bunny man it's like an exploitation style slasher movie okay all right um then 2017 there was did you watch lore 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 lore. it was on amazon it was an amazon series it's based on the podcast the aaron mankey's podcast yeah. I don't think I actually ever watched but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they did a Bunny Man episode. Um and then the Chris Gethard show, there's an episode called Let's Get Scared. Okay. Where the host dresses up as the Bunny Man <laughs> for a full episode. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Not just wearing a suit, but he has the hatchet and all that. Sweet. Um on October 9th, 2020, Adult Swim broadcast the story of the Bunny Man as a bump during an episode of Family Guy. Really? Weird. Yeah. Weird, right? I didn't know that. Yeah. Also, the Bunny Man is a dark type beastie creature in the MetaZoo card game. And uh, brand new, I actually just started watching this series this morning, the John Carpenter Suburban Screams. Well, I haven't seen that yet. I've series. been planning on watching it, though. It's very good. Okay. I've only watched the first two episodes, but it's it's fantastic. Um, my sister recommended it to me, and she doesn't watch a lot of horror, so I was like, shit. Sweet. I guess it probably is good. That's worth um, checking out, yeah. Yeah. Um, but pe- basically, in, in one of the episodes, I guess it's the fourth episode, so I'm getting there. Um, people tell their stories about the bunny man, and they're, like, dramatized, but it's... So basically, in this series, I don't know if you know about the premise of it but mm-hmm. like it's, it's interview like an anthology style. yeah right yeah but it's also they interview people about these real life events yeah but the dramatizations are like super high end cool. it's like i mean john carpenter directs it so like they're top tier yeah it's like the when it cuts to a dramatization it's like you're watching a movie like it's okay. really well done yeah it's it's a great series so far I've only seen two episodes. But All right, yeah, I'll have to check it out. Any other, uh, any other in pop culture? Just the Donnie Darko reference. Uh, yeah, right. Yep. Um, yeah. Which the dude has like come out and actually said that that was the inspiration for the for the bunny. That's cool. Yeah, I was gonna say. I honestly have to say, after doing so many so many Friday Night Frights this month and always being upset at the ending because. Like, either people don't die, or it is. It's very weak, and it's, like, very, very vague. To have, like, these these deaths actually be pretty brutal. Yeah. I'm here for it, for sure. I did that for you, Ryan. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate (laughs) it. It was a much, much needed change of face, that's for sure. Yeah. I'm not a gore guy myself, but I knew you would love someone getting their head split in half I mean, yeah. and someone getting their whole body cut in half. I was going to say, didn't her like feet fall underneath her? and Yeah, her whole lower her, half yeah, her- fell, <laughs> fell off. Uh, yeah. I was trying to think, like, what's the... Because I wanted, I wanted to... I had this picture of Bunny Man as this, like, hulking figure, right? Like, sort of like a, a big lummox yeah. of a guy, right? And, like... I was just going to have him grab her and, like, just, like, bash her against the sides, like, bash her whole self against the sides of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. Like, you know. But I wanted to use the hatchet. Nice. Because that's what he's doing for, is using the hatchet. So I had him just slam her against the wall and then literally cut her in half like he's cutting a log in half. Like, chop after chop until she's cut in half. I like it. Yeah. It turned out good pretty brutal like i said it was much much needed after after a very tone like very tame soft moth, yes. stories right <laughs> yeah yeah definitely 
So yeah, a solid story though, I know. for sure. Thank you. I know we were both getting tired of those, the AI endings, those stupid just, fucking. And then everyone was, even though their whole town was destroyed, everyone found the silver lining. Right. And it's <laughs> like, well, time to rebuild. <laughs> yeah. That's not. That's not real. That's pretty <sighs> silly. Yeah. But yeah, sold. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, these uh, these urban legends have been a lot of fun. A lot I agree. Of fun. I agree. It's but been I am, a nice kind of change of pace for sure. I am really excited though for November to get back to some meatier topics. Okay. Some like some deeper histories to yeah. go through. Some like something some where there's more, a bit more more discussion than yeah. So this is about all we know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I miss like witness statements and and experiences and all that. I miss those. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So this has been fun, but I, I'm excited to get back to the to the regular Agreed. course of work. Yep, I think I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready for it. Cool, good. I think that concludes episode 121, the Bunny Man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.totsau on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers, stay weird and trust in the unknown. unknown.